everyone, I'm Charlotte. And I'm Dina. Welcome to The Grim Curriculum. So, Charlotte, <laughs> how did you sleep last night? Um, well, it was pretty good up until I would say mm, 6.30 a.m. this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, Cody usually gets up to uh, walk Buffy and whatnot, and I'm the princess, so I stay in bed. And I fell back asleep and immediately had a nightmare, probably related to today's topic, quite frankly. Um, not specifically the topic, but definitely related to the topic. Nothing like a, a good old nightmare about demonic possession to get your morning started. And you know what? We're going to talk about this in a little bit, but the intention of this episode was to give you guys something a little bit easier to listen to, still creepy, but something that wasn't going to be too bad after last week. And I don't think we did that. <laughs> Yes, yeah, no. Um, initially, I was like, yeah, this will be kind of fun, a little spooky, but kind of camp in a way, because it's a topic that, you know, most people can relate to. And uh, once we got researching, it was honestly a little frightening, I'm not going to lie. This is the first episode that I've actually been writing, and I felt legitimate fear in my soul. <laughs> so this week, we're going to be changing things up, like I said. Um, when we first started talking about doing this podcast, we wanted to talk about more than just true crime because we both have a fascination with all sorts of different macabre topics and we have a lot of things we wanted to share with you and honestly just get to learn more about. So because of all that, pretty early on we decided that every now and again we were going to break it up with a palate cleanser episode. What does that mean? Well, basically it means that we put you some put you through some really heavy shit with Pee-wee over the last couple of weeks. So we're gonna, yeah, just like Dina said, break it up with something a little more lighthearted. Um, you know, we could talk about things like haunting, spooky things like that, aliens, and uh, stuff that's, yeah, a little more fun that don't exactly fall under the true crime umbrella. And after Pee-wee Gaskins, you guys absolutely earned one hell of a palate cleanser, and we're really excited to bring it to you. Uh, don't worry though, because like we said, we're not going to be taking it easy on you. We certainly didn't take it easy on us. Um, we're bringing you a different kind of nightmare fuel this week. That's right. Uh, today we are going to be talking about haunted dolls. Uh, did you play with dolls as a kid? I didn't really play with dolls very much at all as a kid or, you know, as an adult either. But the ones that I did have were more the Barbie variety. I did have a couple of Barbies when I was maybe five or six. One of them was like gymnastics Barbie. She came with a little stand that connected to her waist and you could spin her around and make her do the acrobatic tricks. But I was such a little bookworm that I just had her like on the stand on my desk and occasionally I'd like play with her hair or change her outfit. But my little sister was all about the doll. She had the full Barbie mansion, the horses. I think I, at one point she even had the Barbie car and I seem to remember like it being like a pink convertible, classic Barbie style. Um, however, our dad thought that Barbie could do much better than Ken. So my sister never had a Ken doll. She had G.I. Joe's, but at one point I do remember she got the uh, posable action figure of Obi-Wan Kenobi from the prequel Star Wars movies. And um, yeah, so that, that, that was her boy, Barbie's boyfriends. She did have the like Bratz dolls and stuff too. I do remember one Christmas, my uncle got me a Betty Spaghetti. I don't know if those were a thing in North America, but basically they were kind of like these dolls that had like very like bendy arms and legs. And like, I remember those. They yeah. had like long spaghetti plastic hair and you could braid them and stuff. 
we didn't have any like porcelain dolls actually we were just talking to my mom this morning and she does not like dolls at all so I that's why we didn't really have them as kids but um yeah honestly I was more interested in letting my sister play with them so that she would leave me alone <laughs> So I absolutely played with dolls as a kid and I was kind of a weird kid. So this is just gonna paint like the worst picture of me ever, completely normal child. Um, I started watching horror at a really, really young age. And I remember seeing things like child's play where dolls would come to life and everything would be terrible. And between that and Toy Story, I kind of developed this mindset that like, while it was unlikely that my dolls could come to life, it wasn't impossible. <laughs> and that if they did come to life, I wanted them to like me. And so I basically just like treated my dolls really, really well. They all had names and backstories and they were really, really well taken care of. I also had like separate little beds that I made for every single doll. And when my mom would say goodnight to me, I would make her say goodnight <laughs> to all of the toys or I would get upset. Not high maintenance at all. I was going to say your mom had so much patience. I know, right? So yeah, like totally normal kid things. I wasn't like afraid of them. I just wanted to make sure they knew that like I was good to them and I was a friend. And like, honestly, I think that's like even weirder than being afraid of my toys. I don't think it's completely out of the question because like as humans, we do tend to like a, like give inanimate objects personalities absolutely so i mean a doll looks like a person so it makes sense but yeah you know i just wanted to be safe you know on the off chance <laughs> that they were possessed and wanted to kill me in my sleep they'd be like you know what her mom says good night to us every night we'll leave her alone safe better safe than sorry exactly some dolls are super cute and that's obvious but i'm sure we've seen at least one doll in our lives where we've looked at it and thought something ain't right with that thing there is actually a diagnosable phobia of dolls. It's called pediophobia, and pediophobia is what is called a specific phobia, which means that it is a fear of a specific thing that couldn't possibly pose an actual threat to you. And while this may seem uncommon, it affects around 9% of adults in the U.S. And we're really not going to be helping with any of that today. No. Like we said, we're going to be talking about haunted dolls. So we found some of our favorites. We're going to be talking about them today. I think after researching this topic, we both have a newfound appreciation for some of these yes. dolls. Because there's no denying they're absolute nightmare fuel. So today we will be discussing our top five picks for the creepiest haunted dolls that are out there. Whether or not you believe that these dolls can even be haunted, there is absolutely no doubt that some of these are going to leave you asking some questions about what is and isn't real. So here we go. If you're watching on YouTube, our video is going to show you the pictures of the dolls. Otherwise, we're going to post them on our Twitter and Instagram because honestly, you got to see these things. At number five, we have Letta the doll. And don't let his place at the top of our list fool you. Letta is horrifying. Sorry, Letta. Let as a child-sized doll that is said to be around 200 years old. He's made out of hand-carved wood and has long brown hair. Long brown human hair. That's right. Long brown human hair. The back of his head has what people describe as a brain area. It looks like a large chunk in the back of his head is like dried up and it looks like a brain. So I could see why they call it that. The story of Letta is a very interesting one, but the main thing that really stands out about him is just how creepy he looks. He was made to have extremely exaggerated features, which was really common at the time. He has a large nose and a big, almost uncomfortable looking smile. His large eyebrows give him an almost angry look that just doesn't quite go with the expression of his mouth and he has these big, big brown eyes. Overall, he's just really, really unsettling. 
Letta is owned by a man named Kelly, sorry, Kelly Walton from Brisbane, Australia. He originally found the doll in 1972 when he was exploring an abandoned building that he grew up close to in Wagga Wagga, Australia. He said that as a child, the building really scared him, so he never went in. He wanted to explore it to see if he could find some lost heirlooms and treasures of the past that he could sell at his own antique store. He decided to look under some floorboards, and that's when his life completely changed. He said he originally thought the doll might be a corpse, Ugh. but upon further inspection, he realized what it was and thought the doll could have some value, so he brought him home. The building that stood in that spot for almost 100 years was demolished very shortly after. He says that he took the doll, put it in the trunk of his car. On the ride home, he claims that he heard loud banging and thrashing about, as well as someone or something shouting, Let him me out! Which is how the doll ended up getting his name. Strange things began happening shortly after Kelly brought Letta home. The family dog was absolutely terrified of the doll and would become aggressive every time he was around it. Items around the house started moving without explanation, and strange scuff marks began to appear on the floors. One night, his children woke up screaming and saying that they saw Letta talking and walking around the house. I mean, just please look at what this doll looks like and imagine waking up in the middle of the night to your kids saying that they heard it talking and it was just having a bimble around the house on its own. I would leave the country. Straight up. Mm -hmm. At this point, Kelly, he did decide to try and sell the doll. He actually got a really good offer on him and he put Letta in the backseat of his car and drove off to sell him, only to find that when the time came, he was unable to get the doll out of the car. It was as if someone had glued him to the seat. It was at this point that he decided to keep the doll. He has now had Letta in his life for 50 years. That's one hell of a committed relationship. Right? Since then, Letta has been reported doing all sorts of things. He isn't considered malicious or anything like that or like to be a dark spirit, but he does like the attention and he does like getting noticed. Letta has been seen moving on his own on numerous occasions. His hands and his arms have been seen moving up and down, and people around him can't deny the fact that they often feel like he is truly staring at them. Letta has also been accused of making pictures fall off the wall, despite the fact that they were attached very well, and strangely enough, every time he's brought outside, it seems to rain. Dogs also absolutely hate Letta. We mentioned before that Kelly's dog didn't like him, but numerous otherwise friendly dogs have been seen acting very aggressively towards this doll. Kelly has also taken Letta to a few different psychics. He has been warned that he should never get rid of him and that if he does, he will be cursed with terrible luck. This is one of the reasons Kelly and Letta have stayed together for half a century. And the main theory about this doll is that he was made around 200 years ago in Romania. It was believed that the spirit of someone who was recently lost could be transferred into a doll so that they wouldn't be lost forever. It is said that Letta was made in honor of a little boy who had tragically drowned. So with that, we're off to a really strong start with these dolls. The reason why Letta is so high up on our list is while his story is creepy, and he's definitely super unsettling, he doesn't actually do anything too bad. It's been reported that he's made some people feel sick or even faint, but overall, he doesn't cause that much trouble. Kelly's had him on numerous talk shows over the years, and people can even pay to have a photo taken with Letta sitting on their lap. Would you let Letta sit on your lap? Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, what we're going to do with each of these dolls is at the end, we're going to give them a spookiness rating yeah. based on their appearance and their shenanigans, basically, their actions. Let's hear it. What, um, what is your spookiness rating for Letta? What do you think? I mean, I... <laughs> 
Spookiness rating for actions, I would say, I don't know, maybe like a three and a half out of five. He's running around, he's being a nuisance, but he's not hurting anyone or anything. He's just kind of being a little creepy. Yeah. On the appearance scale, though, I would give him like a 10 out of five. He's quite creepy looking. I don't, it's just, maybe it's because I know that his hair is like real human hair. Don't like that. No. Not a huge no, fan. No, not cool. What about you? Honestly, like, okay, so with Letta, I, I, two out of five for the actions. Because he's not doing anything too terrible. Like, I mean, I don't want that happening in my life or my house, but it could be worse. The appearance, though. I made the mistake of, when I was working on this, I had his photo on the other monitor, and I did that (laughs) for every single doll that I was, like, learning about. And his eyes and his face and everything combined with him... Out of all of the dolls that I think we're going to talk about today, when it comes to the way that they look, if I saw him at the foot of my bed, I would well, evaporate. I, I would I, just be gone. I would die. Like, it'd be it. Right before we started recording, Dina mentioned, like, can you imagine him, like, running towards you? Yeah. I think that's a good way to rate it. Like, how, what Picture would you... Picture them running yeah. towards you. Yeah, exactly. And quite frankly, I, I don't know if I would run away because I wouldn't want to turn my back on any of them, but he would be getting a swift kick, for I, sure. I would fall down and die <laughs> and be like, let her take me. I can't do this. Honestly, like he is, he is something else. And I say that with respect and love because yep. like, I don't want to like potentially somehow upset him in the odds that there is something going on there and he's going to hear us from Australia. And I don't know, but, um, we respect you, Letta. Yes. You know what? Throughout all of this, I have to say healthy respect for Letta. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Go, go team Letta. Um, yeah. All right. On to number four. On to number four. Our next contestant is a little porcelain baby girl named Mandy. Mandy's originally made in either England or Germany in the 1900s. She has a white dress and a bonnet as well as a cute little lamb toy. Her face displays numerous cracks and scars due to her age and she wears an almost sinister looking smile. People who see her in person claim that her eyes seem to follow you wherever you go. Mandy is actually one of the most famous haunted dolls right here in Canada, and she currently lives at the Quenelle Museum in Quenelle, British Columbia. Her last owner donated Mandy to the museum in 1991 after finding her in her home. The woman reported constantly hearing a baby crying in the middle of the night, which would make the hairs on the back of your necks go up regardless. Mm -hmm. So one evening, she followed the sound down to her basement, where she found nothing but an open window and a breeze in the room. And again, like, this is some like horror movie stuff right here she looked around and found mandy who was being kept in storage the doll likely came from the woman's grandmother and she didn't want her own daughter to play with her because she said she was fragile and it gave her a weird feeling mysteriously enough she reported that the crying stopped as soon as mandy was removed from the house honestly she was really smart to take the doll away from the house absolutely I'm, yeah like this is not how horror movies go so i'm glad that uh, the owner actually was uh, thinking about she, this. she uh, broke the cycle exactly <laughs> mandy currently is said to love playing tricks on the staff at the museum they report hearing footsteps and they often lose random items like their lunch and find them hidden in weird places she was originally kept in a room with other dolls but they eventually had to move her to her own room where she is kept in a glass case They apparently didn't want her near the other dolls because she would act out more when she was around them. Maybe she's just trying to establish her dominance amongst the Quinnell doll collection. Mandy's number one. I guess so. 
Cameras and phones also don't seem to work around Mandy. Batteries often go dead and devices stop working altogether. Staff have asked people who approach Mandy to ask her for her permission before filming or photographing her, which seems to work. The chair of the museum was reported as saying, You try and videotape her and your camera light will go off and on. And we've had people say that the lamb that always sits on Mandy's lap would wound up underneath her display case. It said that upon her arrival, staff tried to take some photos of her. They ended up leaving her in the photo lab overnight and came back to it being absolutely trashed as if someone had had a giant temper tantrum in the room. Later, the little lamb that she's holding was found thrown onto the floor as well. Mandy has developed quite a reputation across Canada, and she's been featured in numerous newspapers, radio shows, and has even been on television in both Canada and the U.S. She even appeared on the Montel Williams show where psychic Sylvia Brown said that after reading her energy and being around the doll that she theorized that the doll had originally belonged to a pair of twins who had died from polio and that the grief of their mother had implanted itself onto the doll. Not all museum staff completely believe that the stories are true, but they keep an open mind and have seen a huge number of people that have had strong reactions to the doll. Apparently kids really like to visit her. Her story is very well known and she gets a lot of younger visitors who are curious. A young girl even had to be kept overnight in the emergency room after fainting near the doll. It seems like behavior around Mandy has somewhat calmed down, but believers don't expect that to last very long. So having said all that, what are we rating her? Ooh, all right, Mandy, Mandy, Mandy. I would say Mandy is a little bit more malicious to me. Um, so I think for the actions, I would give her like a three and a half out of five. And then the appearance, She's more of the baby face. Very much so, which is like, that makes, that should make her less scary. But if you look at her actual face and the cracks and the scarring and, yes. and her smile, mm, yeah, I would give the appearance like a solid four out of five. Yeah, I, I would say I'm around the same. I think she comes off as a little more malicious than Letta. Like Letta seems a little more mischievous, whereas Mandy seems a little more like... She has something to prove. She's mad. I don't know why I'm putting this psychology on an inanimate object, but we're like, doing it. This is the this vibe. is armchair psychology at its worst to dolls. Um, I think that with with Letta, it's yeah, like you said, it's that mischief. But I mean, if this doll is like allegedly she can't be throwing around, tantrums, yeah, she can't be around the other dolls because it gets her all fired up. Like she's not allowed to be around the other dolls, right? That like, seems that seems a little sus to me. Right. So with that, I'll give her, yeah, I, I think I agree. Maybe like a four on the appearance scale for creepiness, and then she's a little more so like a three. Right, yeah. yeah. And then feel free, guys. Like, let us know what you think about all these. What are your ratings? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but we are moving on to number three. Our next haunted doll is one you may have heard about already. Robert the doll is one of the most famous haunted dolls in the world. He's almost 120 years old and has such a reputation that he is now kept in a locked case with humidity control and UV filtering glass to preserve and protect him and probably protect us. Very much so. Robert is a vaguely human looking little doll in a cute little sailor suit. He's got a tiny little button nose and due to his age, he is now covered in small scar-like spots. He has a mischievous little smile on his face, and he stands about 40 inches tall, and yes, he is known as the most haunted doll in the world. Robert also has a little friend, a little puppy in his lap, which, honestly, take a look, because I almost think it's creepier than he is. Mm -hmm. The dog has these giant eyes and this, like, wide-open mouth. The story of Robert dates to the early 1900s, where a boy named Eugene Robert Otto was given the handmade doll as a gift. 
He was originally made in Germany by the Stife Company and was likely never intended to be a toy, but was part of a larger window display. Eugene, who everyone called Jean, gave him the name Robert and quickly became inseparable from the doll. One night when he was 10, Jean's parents were awakened by the sound of their son screaming in the middle of the night and the sound of furniture being loudly moved around. His mom went to open the door, but it was blocked by something. Eventually, she was able to work her way in and was shocked to find that her son was curled up in fear on his bed and Robert at the foot of the bed and his room was in absolute shambles. The only words the boy could say were, Robert did it. This would be something he would say quite often, usually when something strange or scary would happen in the home. His parents would often hear their son talking to someone in the middle of the night, and they reported hearing a second voice responding back. <sighs> they even reported seeing the expression on Robert's face changing, and they even heard him speak or giggle. The family also claims that they saw Robert running up the steps, nope. and that he could even be seen staring through the window from mm -hmm. outside. Gene would keep Robert well into his adulthood, and after his parents died, he moved back into their home with his wife and with Robert. Gene, at this point, gave Robert his own room with a window. Gene's wife was obviously a little uneasy about the doll, and I could not blame no. her. Uh, she convinced Gene to lock up Robert in the attic. Robert apparently didn't like this, and the couple reported hearing walking around in the attic when there was no one else home, and even mischievous giggles that just wouldn't stop. The children in the neighborhood even began to complain about seeing Robert watching them from the attic window and even mocking them. Jean, upon hearing this, went to investigate in the attic and was shocked to find Robert sitting up and looking out the window despite being placed elsewhere. This would happen numerous times. Jean would go upstairs and move Robert to a different spot, but somehow he would always find his way back to the window despite the fact that he always kept the door locked and there was no one else in there. It is said that Jean, who was an artist, would spend most of his time in the room with Robert where he would paint and talk with him. Can I just say, at the very least, if Robert was moving around the house and you didn't believe that Robert had a mind of his own, that you might start wondering if there was, like, a secret person, like, living right? in your like, walls or something? It, it, the, the question is, I mean, the doll is moving, and that is a fact, that, okay? That is indisputable. That's, that's happening. Let's figure out why. In 1974, Jean passed away and the house was sold. The new family that moved in had a 10-year-old daughter named Myrtle who was absolutely thrilled to find Robert when she was exploring the attic. This wouldn't last long because the girl immediately started making claims that the doll was alive and that he wanted to hurt her. She started waking up in the middle of the night and her parents would often hear her screaming and when they checked on her, she would tell them that Robert was moving around in the room on his own. It was even reported that his expression would change whenever someone spoke badly of Jean. Myrtle would keep Robert for a while, despite the fact that she experienced unexplainable things, and people stopped wanting to visit the house because of him. I wouldn't visit. I freaking wouldn't either. In 1994, she donated Robert to the Fort East Martello Museum in Key West, Florida. They actually didn't display him originally, but staff did claim they felt a shift in the energy when he arrived. Eventually, word began to get around that Robert was there, and people wanted to see the doll, so he was eventually put up for display. As time has gone on, the legend of Robert the doll has grown, and now you can even buy Robert replicas and follow him on various <laughs> forms of social media. There are a lot of people who believe that this kind of attention is actually upsetting Robert more, and the claims against him haven't stopped. Electronic devices also don't seem to work properly around Robert, and he's known to move around in his display case. 
Footsteps have been reported at night, and it's said that his facial expression can change very drastically and very quickly. Guests to the museum are actually given advice on how to carefully and properly interact with Robert, and people are told that there is a specific way that they should speak to him and respect him. Photos are allowed to be taken, but only if he has asked for permission first. People who have not listened to these instructions have reported regretting this, and there is a huge amount of apology letters written to Robert every year by people who swear they have been cursed with bad luck since crossing him. People have reported to have relationships suddenly break down, getting into accidents on their way home from the museum, and have reported sickness and death in family members after seeing him. There are currently over a thousand letters to Robert that have been sent. Various paranormal investigators have examined Robert, and we absolutely think he has earned a top spot on our list. Absolutely. What uh, What do you think about the spookiness factor here with little Robert? I, I think he's like a five out of five. Yeah. I think he is being, he knows he's creepy, and like him just like making sure that kids can see him in like the window of the house, and like scaring the shit out of the children that live in the house. I'd say that's pretty malicious. How do you feel about his appearance? I don't find his appearance that scary. I think the kind of pock marks, the scarring on yeah. him makes him a little more creepy. The overall it, age of him. Yes, because yeah. it kind of gives him that kind of like decrepit kind of feel. But I don't personally find him that creepy, but his actions are very, very like out there. Yeah, the actions I also would give like a five out of five because like I, I would not mess with this doll. No. And honestly, this is one of those situations where it's like even if you don't believe don't be stupid yes and just like be nice to him because honestly like it's it's just one of those stories where there's just so many claims and so many stories about him that i would feel intimidated um being in the same room but at the same time he's cute i'm sorry he's He's cute and like that i shouldn't think he's cute but there's something wrong with me and i do and that would probably, like, I would be the person who would find Robert and keep him in my house and then get, like, <laughs> murdered by the spirit of Robert. And see, I always try to take the, the I don't know, the place of the white girl in the, the horror movie, because I am a white girl, but, like, it's always them in the horror movie. They're like, I don't believe in it. It's fine. And then, obviously, it's not fine. So, like, why would you tempt fate like that? I, I know, and I'm scared because I would be the person that's like, oh, I don't believe in it, but let's try a Ouija <laughs> board just yeah, for fun. No. Like, yeah, so... Yeah. No, I think that we've both agreed here that we're just not going to introduce haunted dolls into our lives at any point. No, I certainly wouldn't want one in my house. And I would probably go visit Mandy. Maybe also she's a little closer geographically. Yeah. I don't think I'd go see Robert. I would. I, I, oh, I know. I, I know, know. I'm terrible. I know. I, I want to see Robert. <laughs> I know. And it's bad because, like, I would go to Florida to see Robert. And I, it, my heart says that and my brain is like, you know, you're a fucking idiot like i've seen way too many horror movies but you know what one day we'll uh, we'll make our way around and uh, i was gonna say let me make damn clear that if we do ever get to a point where we do go see robert i would be very respectful you know what i'm just gonna go ahead and say now for everyone that one day the grim curriculum will go to florida and i will make you meet robert with me deal okay deal Perfect. sounds good all right, and uh, we can't go this far without talking about one of the most famous haunted dolls in the world, Annabelle. I don't think you need to have much of a knowledge or even interest in haunted items to know who Annabelle is. The Conjuring movies explore her story, and they even branched three of those into different Annabelle movies. The movies show a completely different doll that is no doubt really scary looking, like I was just saying uh, to Dina off mic. Um, 
movie Annabelle. Horrifying. 10 out of 10 scary. But the real Annabelle looks completely different. The doll in these movies has been described as a terrifying porcelain doll that is disfigured and immediately menacing. The reality of it is that Annabelle is a Raggedy Ann style doll that is much smaller than most people expect. If you saw her without knowing anything about her, you would probably never guess that this innocent looking doll has been blamed for numerous demonic possessions, incredibly violent attacks, at least two near-death experiences, and even one fatal accident over the course of 30 years. If you, I think if you had all the dolls that we talked today in a lineup, like a, a police lineup. Worst Anna, police lineup yeah, ever. Totally, can you imagine? But in that lineup, in my opinion, Annabelle would be the least intimidating appearance-wise. I'm with you on that. The doll was famously owned by paranormal investigator power couple Ed and Lorraine Warren, who alleged that the doll had been gifted to a young nurse for her 28th birthday. The nurse was thrilled with her gift, and she brought it back to her home that she shared with another nurse. Originally, the doll was just kept on their sofa, but the two women started finding her in different spots whenever they would return home from being at work. First, she just moved around just slightly, and then they started finding her in other rooms with the doors closed. The women told the Warrens that they started finding weird notes around the house. One of them had the words, help me, scrawled on it. The notes were always written on types of paper that they didn't keep in the house. The boyfriend of one of the women went into the apartment while they were out to grab something. He heard rustling sounds coming from her room and went to investigate. There were no signs of forced entry and the doll was found lying face down on the ground. Suddenly, he felt extreme pain on his chest and saw that bloody claw marks had ripped through his skin. After this happened, the women invited a medium to visit their home and hopefully offer some advice and help. The medium told them that the doll was inhabited by the spirit of a seven-year-old girl named Annabelle Higgins, whose body had been found on the field that their apartment building had been built on. The medium told them that the spirit just wanted to be loved and cared for. The women felt bad hearing this and allowed her to stay in the home, but this wouldn't last long. The events continued and eventually a priest was called to help. He contacted his superior, who contacted Ed and Lorraine Warren, and they told them a completely different story. They told them that the biggest mistake they possibly could have made was offering sympathy to the doll because she had tricked them. They claimed that the doll did not hold the spirit of a young girl, but rather a demonic force. They explained, Spirits do not possess inanimate objects like houses or toys. They possess people. An inhuman spirit can attach itself to a place or object, and this is what occurred in the Annabelle case. The spirit manipulated the doll and created the illusion of it being alive in order to get recognition. Truly, the spirit was not looking to stay attached to the doll, it was looking to possess a human host. The Warrens noted that the doll had displayed signs of demonic possession by being able to move on its own, being able to materialize papers that were not in the house to write notes with, and creating what they called the mark of the beast on the boyfriend. They ordered an exorcism of the apartment and took Annabelle to what would be her final resting place in the hope that her reign of terror would end. The unexplainable events at the apartment stopped, but on their way to their home, Ed and Lorraine claimed that they experienced car trouble and that their brakes failed several times, almost resulting in a crash. Ed doused Annabelle with holy water, and the car problems seemed to stop happening. When they took her home, they reported that she wouldn't stay in the same room for long, so they moved her to a locked case, which they had specially made for her with various prayers on it. Ed would continue saying binding prayers to the doll for the rest of his life. 
Since being locked up, she hasn't done too much, but it seems the key to staying out of trouble with the doll is to simply leave her alone. A priest who was visiting the Warrens took her out of the case and held her. Ed had warned him against it, but he didn't listen, and on his way home, he was involved in a near-fatal car accident. The priest claimed to have seen her face in the rearview mirror before crashing. A few years later, a couple was visiting the doll, and they tapped on the glass and they made a comment about how it was silly to believe in her. On their way home, the couple lost control of the motorcycle that they were on, killing the driver instantly. The passenger barely survived, but she claimed that they were laughing about Annabelle right before the accident happened. Annabelle is absolutely creepy. There's no doubt that this doll has one hell of a story. However, the problem with her is that her relation to the Warren family really makes a lot of people doubt the validity of her story. Both the nurses and priests involved never came forward, and as far as we know, we just have the word of the Warrens to go off of, which, unfortunately, thanks to their many skeptics, it's a little harder to believe than some of these other stories. What do you think about her spookiness level? <sighs> Annabelle's a tough one for me because, like, the big thing, like you just said, is the relation to the Warren family. And if you're not super familiar with them, they were very, very well known for their paranormal investigations. And kind of as time went on, it a lot of it was debunked. So, like, the, the legend of Annabelle, I think, definitely makes her have a spot on this list. But the appearance, I give her, like, a one... Yeah, the, I, the true Annabelle, like, like I mentioned before, the true Annabelle, not at all, she looks, she's a Raggedy Ann doll. It's, yeah, like, it's a doll a lot of us have seen before, so she's familiar, you know, it's yeah. nothing that, like, shocks you when you see her, where I, I really do feel that shock with, with Letta, for example. Absolutely. Um, actions, if, okay, if half of what they're saying is true, I give her a five. If we can assume, if we assume that it is all true and the fact that she was even able to, like, mark the boyfriend of one of the nurses, yeah. Yeah. fucking horrifying. Yeah. Like, don't touch me. No, don't touch do, me. Do not perceive me, Annabelle, please and thank you. No. But, like you say, because of that connection to the Warrens, I think she is kind of more legend than yeah. she is. Yeah. I think, like, Annabelle on the list is the one that's most likely to, like, scare the crap out of children who have heard about For her. For sure. But... And then just the notoriety of having the movies yeah. and everything. I think she's quite a bit bigger than she maybe deserves to be. I, honestly, you, you shouldn't have said that. I know. Now I know. you're screwed. Now she's yeah. after you. Well. Um, <laughs> but honestly, like, yeah, it's Annabelle, yes, creepy, but it's there's a lot of questions that I have about the totally. case. Totally. I agree. Um, all right. Are you ready? Are you ready? I don't know. <laughs> we are on to number one. Numero uno. And our number one spot goes to a doll from Japan called Okiku. When we started researching for the series, we both pretty quickly agreed that she would have our number one spot. Like some other dolls, Okiko has a very tragic origin story. She was originally purchased in 1918 by a teenager named Ikichi Suzuki for his younger sister Okiku, who named the doll after herself. The doll is about 40 centimeters tall and is dressed in a traditional kimono. Her hair was originally shoulder length, but we'll get to that detail in a little bit. Tragically, Okiku passed away in 1919 of yellow fever. The family was devastated by the loss of their young daughter and originally wanted to bury the doll with her. However, due to restrictions, they were unable to and the doll was instead kept at an altar in the family home that they had set up in memory of their daughter. Shortly after her death, strange things started to occur. The doll's hair started to grow. The originally shoulder-length style hair had begun to reach past the doll's knees. The new hair appeared mangled and messy, 
The once smooth and beautiful hair had turned into a mess of split ends and knots. It grew in different colors and it felt different than the rest of the hair. The family began having strange dreams about Ukiku, and when they would wake up, they would sometimes find the doll near their beds. Eventually, lights started flickering on and off, and the family began hearing voices. These events would escalate closer to meaningful anniversaries like Okiku's birthday and the date of her death. Word began to spread around the doll, and various spiritual leaders visited her. The family, who had moved to a different area, began to view the doll as a regular part of their lives and cared for her very deeply. They were worried that moving the doll further away from Okiku's resting place would cause the spirit to leave her, so they didn't take her with them. Instead, they gave her to a temple that vowed to take care of her for them. The temple took her in, and eventually studies were done on the doll. It was confirmed that the hair growing from her head was actually human hair, and it was in fact continuously getting longer. This was confirmed by various forms of studies throughout the years. They were able to confirm that the hair was not only that of a human, but it was similar to hair that would belong to a young child. Okiku's keepers now regularly keep her hair trimmed and neat. They believe that as long as the doll is well taken care of, that she will be happy. They host a yearly celebration of the doll where she has her hair cut and is cleaned. They take this very seriously and they claim that over time her powers have become stronger. People travel from all around the world to visit her. People who meet her claim that she visits their dreams shortly after, shockingly enough, and there are new claims that the doll's mouth has begun to open slowly. Those who have been brave enough to look inside claim to see baby teeth starting to grow. And that is what makes Akiku stand out and earn a spot at the very top of our list. While the other dolls that we mentioned have some very creepy claims and stories, it is undeniable that there is a lot about Okiku that even scientists can't explain. And that makes her all the more creepy in our eyes. So with that, Charlotte, thoughts? I think Okiku is one whose appearance is far spookier just because she be growing like her hair. The hair's growing. What? Why is the hair growing? Riddle me that. Please. Um, but on the flip side, actions wise, I don't think she's very malicious. She doesn't seem even mischievous, but it does seem like she likes to visit her family members, like by showing up in their rooms and stuff and, you know, making them dream about her, but she didn't hurt anyone. Yeah. She didn't even really seem to scare anyone. Although I guess her family said that they were hearing voices. So that would be a little spooky. I think for her, like appearance... If, if the hair wasn't a part of the equation, yes. she would be fine. Um, but it's the hair. And if you actually look at the photos of the hair growing and, like, how long it got and how different it looked, yes. like, I, that in itself, like, just really that is something else. And I hope that eventually we have an answer for why the hair is growing. Totally. But, you, can, you can Google, like, what the yeah. original kind of dolls that she's supposed to look like look like and compare her... If you're watching the YouTube video, you can obviously see her up there, but yeah. I want to reiterate something that you said, though, is that people are starting to claim that she's growing teeth, you guys. Yep. There's baby teeth. They're saying that baby teeth are, are growing in her mouth, and if you're brave enough to look in her mouth, for whatever reason you're going to do that, you might see teeth. And, and there's something about that that the actions, per se, aren't creepy, but the unexplainable aspect of her, yes. I would give her a four out of five for the overall creepiness factor i think it's when it comes to anything regarding like hair fingernails teeth yeah those are things that really give people the heebie-jeebies yeah she doesn't have the fingernail part yet i might add because like who knows she'd be growing hair she'd be growing teeth she might be growing some she claws. could do anything 
And the temple, the the priests that have the temple that uh, keep her, they do say they reckon she's getting more powerful. So whatever that means. Honestly, I think as long as she stays there, they keep taking care of her, Mm -hmm. everything will be fine. And that is how our story is going to end with her because nothing terrible is going to happen. It's not like they're going to be like, oh, no, we're not going to keep her anymore and she's going to be loose. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, I've always wanted to visit Japan, but I would probably give that temple a, a miss. I I'm think. going. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I don't know. I know. I know. I know. I would go. I would see them all, Charlotte. <laughs> I, you know, even Letta. Like, if I had the opportunity to go oh. visit Letta, I would hate myself for it, and I would. I mean, that's probably how I'll I, die. But still, I think maybe I'm just too much of a coward. I think I would go see him, but I would not let him sit on my knee. I, don't, no. I would be the one doing that. You're taking the picture? Okay. Okay, Roger. Deal. Perfect. Sounds good. All right. And that's it. We did it. We made it our top five choices for the creepiest haunted dolls out there. Let us know what you think. Did we leave someone out? And uh, which doll would you put at the top of the list? You'll notice that all of the dolls we talked about are pretty old, and people have known about them for quite some time. One of the things that may surprise you is the recent rise in popularity of haunted dolls. In fact, sites like eBay, Etsy, they all have sellers that specialize in haunted dolls. That's right. In some cases, for less than $30, you can be the proud owner of your very own haunted doll. Yay. <laughs> There's actually a huge TikTok community, too. Not and... on my For You page, I have to say. <laughs> and a ton of folks on YouTube who also collect these dolls and share their experiences with them. Um, Charlotte, would you ever buy a haunted doll? I think I know the answer. <laughs> I was going to say, I think no one is going to be shocked to know that the answer is a no from me. Um, no, I, no. Again, it goes back to the whole thing. Like, I don't particularly, like, believe in, like, Ouija boards and things like that. But I am not going to be the bitch that messes around and finds out. Right? I think for me, too, like, would I go out and actively buy a haunted doll that I knew was haunted and I paid extra money for the likelihood that it's haunted or whatever? No. Would I be the idiot that buys a doll at a garage sale because it looks creepy and then finds out that it is creepy? Probably. I mean, I do have a friend and, like, she is all about the creepy knickknacks and stuff, which I can get behind. I do like the yeah, theory. I, yeah. love, I mean, I love skulls. I have a bison skull in my living room. Exactly. Not a big deal, but, like, I couldn't have, like, one of those creepy, like, planters with a succulent in it that's made out of a doll's head. That just seems like bad juju. Those are so cute. (laughs) So I know. Honestly, yeah. No, I want to say that, like, the smart person that I wish I was is going to say no, I would not buy a haunted doll. But I think that is to be determined. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, the haunted doll market is really interesting, though, because while there are some sellers that are obviously con artists, there's certainly a lot that put a ton of money into effort into proving that their dolls are actually haunted. One seller states that she examines all dolls with an EMF meter for a total of five days. Then she places it into a soundproof box with a voice recorder to see if any voices are captured. Then she conducts lucid dreaming sessions and a 15-page report, which is then provided to the new owner. It's intense. It is eBay and Etsy, they aren't exactly thrilled about this new market, and the dolls are sold with a ton of conditions and no guarantee that they're haunted. And actually, back in 2000, eBay made the following statement regarding this. eBay does not allow the auctioning of human souls for the following reasons. If the soul does not exist, eBay could not allow the auctioning of the soul because there is nothing to sell. However, if the soul does exist, in accordance with eBay's policy on human parts and remains, we would not allow the auctioning of human souls. 
eBay also banned the selling of spells, potions, hexes, and magical services in 2012. But, you know, sellers have found ways around this. The dolls are often sold as is, or for entertainment entertainment purposes only. But despite this, many sellers have sold hundreds of dolls, and there are even various guidebooks on how to care for your haunted dolls properly. Honestly, this whole thing is really fascinating, and whether you believe or not, there's absolutely something happening with some of these dolls that just can't be explained. This has been a fun and honestly super creepy ride. Uh, you know, this morning's nightmares, you know, notwithstanding. I learned not to do my research in the dark. That's an important lesson here. Um, and can I also just say, please tweet at us or send us messages. We want to know if you have a haunted doll or like if you're the kind of person that would buy a haunted doll. Do you have haunted items in your home? We want to know about yeah, them. Tell yeah, tell us those stories. Absolutely. We hope you all enjoyed this episode. Next week, we are returning to our usual murder and mayhem. Make sure you don't miss out on the Grim Curriculum news by following us on Instagram at The Grim Curriculum and Grim Curriculum on Twitter. You can also find us on social media. I'm Dina V on Twitch, Dina V IG on Instagram, and Dina V tweets on Twitter. And I'm Ominous underscore Walrus on Twitter and Ominous Walrus on Instagram. Thanks for listening. This has been The The Grim Grim Curriculum. Curriculum.